Action. What is up, everyone? Yes. (laughs) Welcome back to Sports Talk Therapy. Remote version. Quarantine edition. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be working out the kinks here for sure of how to record this remotely. We're not in our lovely studio at Villanova University. I am in the basement of my home. I don't know where you guys are. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of... Oh, just nice. chilling in my room alongside Matt Harvey, Eli Manning, and Bryce Harper <laughs> on the wall. Uh, we're ready to go. We're excited here. Um, and this software, it may be checking my health and telling me that I have a bunch of warnings and viruses and that I need more storage, <laughs> but we'll be okay. We'll persevere. We'll persevere for the people, man, for the, for the loyal listeners. For the loyal listeners. Shout out Zencaster for having uh, unlimited time during coronavirus because normally like if we just had the free account we can only record for a half an hour but because of coronavirus we can record for as long as we want so shout out to them for that i thought you know it's eight hours a month is there a time like restriction too yes there was was, but it's it's unlimited because of coronavirus so we're good good. you're chilling yeah yeah Yeah, we're fine but the catch is uh instead of finn running point in the computer Collins in charge today, so uh, some weird yes, things sir. could happen. Uh, I have faith in him. Get ready, get ready for some calls to action. <laughs> <laughs> there will be unlimited calls to action on this podcast today. Absolutely, I am. Yeah. I am no longer fettered by Villanova's tyranny. The tyranny, yes. There. Oh, don't. Oh, oh. oh yum. Oof. The listeners should get ready. Get ready for a show today. <laughs> okay. so we talk about man. We've been gone for quite a while. Yes, we have. So our, our plan for the day here is obviously there's not a lot in the sports world going on here, and we no. are sports talk therapy. So we're just kind of going to take it back to when we had a last show and do a brief breakdown of the NFL playoffs because, you know, we missed that entire thing. Um, talk a lot about free agency. That's probably going to be the bulk of our show today, some of the positives and negatives there. And then some of our classic segments, including bulletin board material, top five, top five, top five, and Lil Weedles to end us off. I think that's a solid way to ease us back into the show. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. And then we got to give them the bonus. The only live sports going on right now are is the Colin Finn Dallas Cowboys Madden League. So we'll, we'll have yes. to break that down for a second. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, we can do yeah, some yeah, franchise talk. Yes, I have something about that as well later. All right, so I guess we're going to start this off here with a breakdown of the 2019 NFL playoffs. Just thinking about live sports like makes me happy and sad at the same time because, like, wow, yeah. I miss it. Mostly oh, sad, dude. Mostly just scared. Sad, scared, but if you're ever scared, just remember that Hulu has live sports and everything will be okay. <laughs> Yes, Joel Hulu has live sports indeed. All right, so anyway, we're just going to do a rapid-fire kind of breakdown here of each round of the NFL playoffs, starting in the wild-card round. The upstart Tennessee Titans, led by Ryan Tannehill, dethroned Tom Brady in what was his final game as a New England Patriot, which is still crazy to think about. And uh, Derrick Henry continued his reign of terror. He had 182 yards and a touchdown on 34 carries which is terrifying. Yeah, no, dude, the Titans are – the Titans – I believe that before this playoff started, I was talking about how I like the Titans to make a run, but, they, dude, they're a scary team for the future, man. They got I, – I I like that that squad a lot. They have, obviously, Derrick Henry running back who's 
just a ridiculous human being. And then Ryan Tannehill, man, they lock up Ryan Tannehill postseason to a big deal. You know, he was, and like people were like, oh, Tannehill doesn't throw that much. Like it's it's all Derek Henry. Like that's like Tannehill was a huge part of this. The reason this Titans team ended up being the way they were this year, even he he might only throw the ball nineteen times a game, but when he does, like it's he's successful. He they ha- always still have that threat of Tannehill going off on him, and then you have Derrick Henry just pounding you into the ground. Yeah, Tannehill was not that uh, Mark Sanchez type of QB where you just no. like a game manager. He got it done, but you don't he need did. to throw the ball down the field when you have the king before the Tiger King that was uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, just yeah, bruising yeah, yes. up the middle and basically running down the clock. Like these Titans games are just brutal to watch because there's okay, Derrick Henry's gonna get the handball two to three times, get a first down, be nice and slow, and they beat the Patriots at their own game. They just ran circles around them strategically, and Mike Vrabel got it done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely agree with all of that right there. Uh, next up, my favorite game. Honestly, maybe of the entire playoffs. This is one of the few games that I got the chance to watch the full way through. I was in an airport waiting for a delayed flight. The Texans beating the Bills 22-19. to My first note under this is electric factory because that's exactly what it was the whole game. The first score of the game was John Brown, the receiver, throwing a touchdown to Josh Allen, who was very tall. He is very tall. As we all know. Looks great in shorts. <laughs> Looks great in shorts. All of that stuff. Uh, throwing a touchdown to him where Allen got absolutely clocked, but he still scored. And then Josh Allen, towards the end of the game, their bills are going down for a comeback. He absolutely lost his mind and tried to lateral the ball behind him after he was already pretty much out of bounds and almost lost in the game right there. But Deshaun Watson ended up prevailing at the end of the game here, showing the magic that he has as a young franchise QB. And uh, enjoy him while you can, Texans fans. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and before uh, before you get to my game breakdown, I couldn't help but to, to smile and laugh there when Finn mentioned being stuck in an airport uh, with the del- waiting for a flight, flight delay, and a crazy game, uh, bringing back memories of our brief stay in Las Vegas and the, the <laughs> infamous flight uh, where Colin racked up enough freaking flyer miles to fly around the world a couple times. Yes, uh, sir. We got to watch On the Astros spirit. beat the Yankees. Uh, in retrospect, that's right. Uh, the yeah. Astros were bad guys, but we didn't know that at the time. Uh, but anyway, back to this game. Uh, What's well, a crazy game uh, that I remember? Uh, and the Texans got it done. Uh, the Bills pulled the Bills. They came out. They looked all right. And they just couldn't get it done in the end. Uh, Sean Watson, the entire Texans organization at this point. Uh, we'll get into that a little later with the trade. Um, uh, Hopkins and whatever's going on down there. But uh, I don't know. Very confusing, but we'll break it down a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I don't. You guys covered it. Um, Vikings Saints. Vikings beating the Saints twenty six twenty in the in the NFC Wild Card round. This game yeah. went to overtime, and I don't remember what happened. I, dude, all I know is that people like people sleep on Kirk, bro. People people think people hate on Kirk, and Kirk's actually good. Like Kirk, he surprised me. He's better than he, he was better than I thought he was this year. Like he's a significantly above average NFL quarterback. He's got to be in that ten to ten to. 13 range for sure, maybe higher. Like, he's I, – and I think he proved it a little bit in that game. Yeah, he's, Although, a, he's a solid QB overall. Um, I must say that the Vikings, my Super Bowl pick, uh, sort of flamed out here. Uh, but this game looked pretty good. In this game, they did look good. You, you were looking – you were sitting pretty after that game with, the, uh, with that prediction. 
Um, Saints were my Super Bowl pick. I suck at making yeah. predictions. I suck. <laughs> Seahawks, Eagles. Oh my! I remember that. I remember that game, dude. Oh, that's this is yeah. bad. Very bad. Yeah, dude. The Eagles just like never. They never look like ever since that Super Bowl. They've they've never looked to like a premier team, man. They should. Like their roster is fantastic. And in this one, Wentz got hurt. They had no receiver. Josh McCown played this whole game pretty much. That's true. Dude, they like both these teams though. They have so much potential, and they all they are just wasting it. Like they're always just wasting the potential, and it makes me sad. Yeah, for the for yeah. the Eagles in this game looked like our flag football team in the fall. Uh, you lose your quarterback, <laughs> you lose two or three wide receivers to class, and then you just get yeah. steamrolled. Uh, yeah, score isn't indicative of it, but I remember watching this game just drag along over winter break, and the Seahawks were in cruise control the entire time. Uh, yeah. I hate the Eagles because I'm a Giants fan, but uh, <laughs> back to the team for pulling through despite all these injuries. And I think that this was the game. I believe I was texting Finn during this game about how they should they should have just moved Greg Ward to quarterback and then moved Josh McCown yes. to wide receiver because yes. Josh Josh McCown, believe it or not. So this is shocking if you haven't like if you're not very familiar with the Josh McCown backstory. Josh McCown is a ridiculous athlete. Like literally, like when he came out, he was one of the best athletes in the NFL. And like you wouldn't think so, but he has a 39-inch vertical, a 10-foot broad jump, and he runs under a 4.6. And he's a big boy. He's 225. That dude can like he was. He obviously now he's like what 36 years old, but like. People just like I, this is just these playoffs for me are just gonna be me giving some some background on some guys I like, but dude, like Josh McCown, bro, I like Josh McCown. He was so he was so I felt bad for him after that game, man. It's a sad way to go down. I mean, obviously the main factor in this game for the Eagles losing probably was the and not the Josh McCown. Josh McCown's had a great career as a pro, but as you said, he's thirty six. Thirty six. Wentz feel like down. I, they had no weapons. Like if you're gonna have Josh McCown a quarterback, you need some weapons, bro. You can't, you can't have Josh McCown throwing to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward. You called him J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Wow, look at you. Look at that. <laughs> kind of hurt to do that a little Colin bit. Colin was fuming like when the Monday Night Why? Football announcers pronounced J.J. Ortega-Whiteside as J.J. Ortega-Whiteside the Spanish way. Colin was fuming at that. Look, man, I don't get me wrong. I have a lot of respect for other cultures. I'm a very cultural person. <laughs> All right. I don't want anyone coming on here and saying that I don't I don't have respect for the, the Spanish culture. I absolutely do. And the Spanish language. But that's ridiculous. And I disagree. It, it, it was kind of forced. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking the about Brandon Gordon and Charles Davis saying it too like kills me. Yeah, if we're talking about languages here, Colin, can you give us a little bit of Hungarian that you've been learning? Oh <laughs> yes, please. Uh as Colin That's I am Colin. Wow. Ah, nice. Yes. Wow. Thank Dude, you. I'm pretty advanced, bro. I'm pretty advanced. Pretty advanced. Alright, let's go. play the divisional round. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say one last thing about Josh McCown is that I feel like he has never been the same. Or even if it's not if physically, mentally, back when he was a Browns quarterback, yes, every quarterback has played for the Browns at some point in their career. He had this ridiculous I think he scored on it. 
but he got terribly injured. He had a rushing touchdown where he got helicoptered by a defender. It look it up. It's absurd. I'm gonna go. Dude, he Josh uh, Josh McCown that one year for the Browns was actually really good. Like they had had a great year. Like they like he was good, bro. It was against the Jets. Fourteen yards. There are three defenders. This video is really funny. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you guys later. But yes. Yeah. Continuing to the divisional round. Oh, he fumbled. He didn't even score. He got broken that in that play. Yep. Okay. We're going to ignore that. Divisional round. First game. 49ers 27. Vikings 10. I don't remember this one. Just the 49ers ran the ball 47 49ers just, just, just destroyed everyone on their way to the championship. Like, yeah. They had 47 rush attempts in this game. That's 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 more than a few. They're just a ridiculous team. The 49ers, like, the 49ers, as much as like I respect the Chiefs and respect their win, like, the 49ers, dude, were just dominant this year in the NFL. Like, yeah, crazy. they're early, probably my Super Bowl pick for next year, depending on what they do in the draft with their two new first-round picks this year. Dude, I just think, I think they need a quarterback, bro. I don't think Jimmy G is really that good, honestly. Like, I think that's, that, that's, we're, that's a debate for if we go down this road, we're going to talk about Jimmy G for 20 minutes because there's a lot of material yeah. about Jimmy G. So that's we'll true. come back to him in a future episode. Yeah, forgetting about Jimmy G, but the, uh, the 49ers as a whole, I'm still in shock about how quickly they turned around. I don't think I've seen a team in any sport flip the switch like this and go from like first pick to Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a couple of years in a row where they had top three picks. Or two out of three years, maybe it was. Three years in a row with top ten picks. I can think off the top of my head. And then you get your quarterback back from injury, Jimmy Garoppolo. Even if he's not the best in the league, he's better than what they had in previous years. And that defensive front, I guess it turns out spending like, what was it, four straight picks on defensive line in the first round pays off. Dear God. And one that also helps when you get Richard Sherman on the back end. Richard Sherman back from injury. Some other solid players in the middle there. Like, that is a absolutely terrifying defense and they showed up all throughout the playoffs with the exception of the second half of the Super Bowl but we will get there of course uh moving on to the next game here this is the biggest shock of the playoffs by far the Titans dethroning the dominant regular season Baltimore Ravens in their house 28 to 12 it wasn't even close dude that was crazy it was crazy like I the Ravens I was patting myself on the back earlier for my Titans love pre-playoffs, but I have to stab a knife in my back now for my just absolute guarantee the Ravens would would march there would march into the Super Bowl and take it because this I mean, was who could blame you? Yeah, it they was like it, the Titans took the Ravens to the freaking woodshed, man. It was a this was a, a tough game, like. I, I the, the Ravens, dude. I don't know what happened, bro. Like they were. <sighs> Tennessee slowed the game down for him. Tennessee is a ground and pound yeah. team. They slowed Tennessee the game plan down for him. Yeah, limited the Lamar the amount of times Lamar could touch the ball, and I guess you just timely play action calls. Even though Tannehill didn't have the best game on the stat sheet, there he threw two dimes for long touchdowns. That really, I mean. Because they pulled away earlier in the game and they just took their foot, not took their foot off the pedal, but really just had to go, like Sean was saying, on a cruise control like the Seahawks did in the wild card round. They didn't need to do yeah. much in the second half. They really didn't, bro. It was a, yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. game on our slate here, uh, Chiefs-Texans. This was probably <laughs> the most confusing game I've ever seen. Ridiculous. Uh, so this game, I forgot what I was doing something, like not paying attention. 24-0. Okay. Go back to what I was doing, come back, turn the TV. Completely flipped. Uh, and the Chiefs end up winning by 20, 51-31. Uh, all-time class by Houston. Did it lead to all the dysfunction this offseason? Possibly. Uh, but it just shows – this is like the precursor of the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes may go from like being – like just like having an okay game to all of a sudden he'll complete 10 passes in a row for five 50-yard touchdowns and then you're toast. You can't keep up. He can flip a switch like no one I've ever seen before. And, I mean, most games you see when you're watching Mahomes, he's consistently great throughout. But you see a quarterback have a bad game every once in a while. Mahomes, when he starts off bad, he just has the ability to regroup himself on the sideline, on halftime, whatever it is, and just come out guns a-blazing. And he did this in this game. They were down 24 nothing in the second quarter. And I think they were leading by the end of the half. Or they were close to leading. It was absurd. Dude, Mahomes can turn the game around in like three minutes. It's crazy. The guy does not need time. Looking back at my calendar here, uh, this is how long ago this was. Uh, this game was when we were driving back. I was driving back to campus and oh, for, the fit, for the fitness center, we had a meeting at six o'clock. We get into the meeting and it's 24 nothing. And maybe it's five o'clock. Whatever we got in. 24 nothing. get into the meeting. I'm not paying attention. Sitting next to our good friend Dave, who uh, it's like, hey, look, they scored. They scored again. They scored again. And then by the end of the meeting, the game is completely over and turned around the other way like no one has ever seen before. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Absolutely. Last game is Packers 28, Seahawks 23. A close matchup between two NFC heavyweights that I remember none of. <laughs> uh, I, I have yeah. nothing. That's pretty accurate I, here. I um, was abroad yeah. at this point. Dude, I, don't I, I, I don't think I watched I just, it. it I started thinking, yes. like, wow, neither of these teams are going to get to the Super Bowl, so I don't care. Like, I wasn't worth my time to stay up until 3 in the morning in Whoa. Europe to watch the Packers play the Seahawks. Which, like, dude, like, five years ago, this would have been an awesome game. Like, five years ago, I would have, like, seen this game and loved it. Like, wow, like, I should, like, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I should tune in. But we forget that Aaron Rodgers is bad now, and Russell Wilson is constrained by a ridiculous coaching staff. Like, there's, like, just, like, I don't want to watch the game. Like, I just don't. I'm sorry. Wow. That was, uh, I think Finn and I got to witness... Colin in fast motion and then popping in and out. That's something else. Was I like, was I popping in and out? Was I like your audio? They, it like went silent for like five seconds and then it sped you up and it was choppy. It was crazy. It was, you sounded manic. Sounds pretty awesome, dude. I'm, I wish I could talk like that all the time. It sounded like, uh, you know, an Ant-Man, the scene where, uh, like I forgot the guy's name, uh, but his like sidekick like goes into story mode and talks really fast. That's yeah. what it sounded like. That's actually sweet. I love that. All right. Well, yeah, you guys, you guys got the general gist. Rodgers is bad. I don't, I don't like Pete Carroll. Uh, we'll go, go to, we'll go, we'll go on. Go on, Stafford. Um, 
Okay. Uh, so, Chiefs-Titans. This was like a good game. I actually remember I did watch part of this game. I also watched part of this game. Uh, the Titans were leading for a significant yeah. portion of the first half, and then uh, the flip-the-switch thing happened. 300 yards yeah. and three touchdowns later for Mahomes. Titans had an admirable run, man, but they just couldn't really – they didn't have the firepower at this point to compete. Yeah, this was about the time that everyone was hopping on the Titans train, like, oh, they did it to the Patriots, they did it to the Ravens, they didn't do it to anybody. And then Patrick Mahomes was like, nah, I'm not doing that, and just went yeah. off uh, once again, taking the lead. Uh, I mean, they had a again. gauntlet, man. You got to put the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Brady Pats. Like, that's like – that's, that's three really good teams. If the Titans had gotten a first-round bye and they hadn't had to play the Ravens and then they played the Chiefs, like maybe they win this game. But I think they played two tough games, man. You're playing Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes isn't losing this game, you know? like It's not happening. Then in the NFC Championship, uh, Raheem Mostert uh, was born, uh, went off for 29, 220, and four touchdowns in a just – Runaway win over the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sucks, right, Colin? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, bro, isn't he's not good. Like I like what I, I my favorite game of this year was when in the regular season when Aaron Rodgers didn't complete a pass over five yards against the 49ers the entire game, and then got pulled and they lost like thirty seven. Or they lost like forty to zero on like Sunday night. That was like my favorite game of the year. Seeing them manhandle the playoffs a close second. I like this. Sure, step around your your uh, your go to line there. It's not that he's not good at football. It's he's not good at football. Is he good he's at football or is he not good at football? So yes. Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't like saying this. He is still good at football. He's just not as good as he used to be, which was really good. If that makes sense. That is why. Wow, that is science. There you go. Science. Science. Exact It's big brain stuff right there. All right, moving on to the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs obviously prevail 31-20. Mahomes uh, comes back from behind once again. Uh, Jimmy G missing Sanders. Uh, Super Bowl champion Villanova alum. I'm going to butcher this name so bad. Uh, Try it. That wasn't bad. That was pretty close. You got the first name right. That wasn't bad. Tano Passigno. I believe yeah. is. I just call him. Right. I just call him. He's got to call him Tano. His just last call name. Tano, yeah. You see, there's not there's not two Tanos. You know, there's like there's one Tano. Like we, yeah. you know. My, my roommate Pat, being on the football team, I must have heard Tano's name about six hundred times uh, in this week period. Um, I didn't know. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but yeah, Chiefs get it done. Andy Reid gets the big one, and uh, Mahomes is the MVP. Yep. I, I this yeah. is just a side note that really doesn't matter about this game. I don't. I mean, I get it if you're just looking at a stat sheet, but why was there this movement on Twitter that was like Damian Williams for MVP? No, no, dude. It was Mahomes. Play Clearly, Mahomes. Playoff Damian. Playoff Damian. Yeah, no. Damian dude. Williams played well. He just scored a he scored a garbage time touchdown that padded the stats. That's what I'm saying. Mahomes led them back that crazy throw on third and fifteen, the Tyreek Hill that went for about fifty yards. Even if he didn't have the best first half, they won that game because of Patrick Mahomes. That team is on Patrick Mahomes' back, dude. Like him and him, but basically, dude, like it's like Patrick Mahomes is a giant robot, and Andy Reid lives inside his head, oh and then God. they carry the chief. They like he like 
drags the entire Chiefs team behind him. Not even not, but not like the Chiefs team is bad. Like they're not like weighing him down per se. But he just goes so much faster than everyone else that he like likes to take them with him wherever he goes. I'm, I'm imagining like you know those. Like, you see him mostly in commercial. I actually think I did this once for football training, which is really weird because I played O-line. Uh, the parachute running. That's what I'm imagining right now, that this robot, Patrick Mahomes, that Andy Reid lives in his head, and then everybody else is just attached to the parachute behind him. And they're slowing him down, but he's still running really fast. That's what I'm thinking is going on. Yeah. Like no, you're right. That's where right. Uh So our predictions here um, – if you couldn't I tell suck. before by saying that Finn had the Saints in the Super Bowl, I had the Vikings. I don't remember Colin's pick, but it wasn't probably wasn't. It was the Ravens. It was the Ravens, right? Yeah. Either. Yeah. Um, so basically, just next year when we pick the Super Bowl, just pick completely against us, and uh, you'll make a lot of money. <laughs> I still have a, a point system. I don't know if you guys have your picks handy. I just had them on a, a sheet. I, I set up a I system have. where it was like you get two points because we did it in I think week fourteen. So you get two points if you correctly predicted the team in the wild card round, two more for every team in the divisional round, five for a team in the conference championship, 10 for a correct team in the Super Bowl, and 20 for the Super Bowl champion. 92 total points. I got 21. I suck. I think uh, I... I definitely maybe. came in last. Both of my Super Bowl teams lost on wild card weekend. <laughs> you can't get much worse than that. Um, <laughs> I don't remember our picks. If I could find my picks, I probably did because I had the Vikings winning the Super Bowl. Um, but um, did you have it in the AFC? I think I might have had the 49ers. I had the 49ers in the conference championship. That was my best pick. That was the only team I got right in the conference championships. Well, yeah, I think I was my only team right in the conference championships too. The only game picks that I can find uh, right now are our master picks, uh, where Colin ended up leading the way. But when it opened, it opened to uh, week eleven. Week eleven was the week when Finn and I went eleven and three, and Colin went ten and one, and would have went thirteen and one, uh, but he forgot to submit two games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up the playoffs. Uh, yeah, wraps up the boring part. Let's get to free agency. So now Let's get the free agent. agent. I'm excited here. Fun right. stuff, man. All right, Finn. Here it is. <laughs> so, on this show, as long as it's been going, I've marketed myself as a Browns fan. It's just true. I am a Cleveland Browns fan. Majority Cleveland Browns fan. However, I do have another side to my fandom that I don't talk about as much because it's less entertaining. That is the New England Patriots. I have creds. Don't worry. Don't come at me for being a front runner. I have <laughs> don't, creds. Don't come at Ben for being a bandwagoner. Do right? not come at. I've always had both of these teams in my life. So I, I have to come out of just talking about the Browns to talking about New England here with Tom Brady, leaving after twenty years to go to Tampa Bay. I wrote. Usually, I have my notes on this page. I wrote no notes. I think Sean bolded it and underlined it because I just wanted to go off, off the, off the cuff here, and just kind of give my reaction here. Um, so weird. This is going to be so weird. Tom Brady in a creamsicle throwback? No, that's not allowed. You can't. No, no. that's going to be weird. Seeing the Buccaneers on prime time is going to be weird. Having a different quarterback not named Tom Brady is going to be weird for the Patriots. Um, going again to Tampa. I mean, I get it. They have receiving talents, but it's like, it's just such a weird place. I can't, okay. I can't even talk anymore. I just can't. No, 
It's just weird. The word is weird. Yeah, no, it's weird. Dude, it's like, – I guess I, I – Tom Brady leaving was just weird. But I guess if he's going to leave, I could – like Tampa would be a good spot, you know. Like Bruce Arians is there. You get a good coaching staff. You got good – you have a great offense. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, it's just weird. It's, like I, I, I thought I was going to go on some big rant. I can't even talk about it because it doesn't seem real. No, dude, this, it's not going to be real. Until 20 years. My, I'm 21 years old. My entire life, pretty much, Tom Brady's been the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah. This this is like when uh, like your your grandparents or your parents are like kids graduating from college, they retire from their job, and they're, they're going to Florida for a couple months to play some golf and to, uh, to settle down. Like Tom Brady's idea of retiring – is going to a nice weather place where he can play with a really explosive offense. Uh, like I, last season when he was playing in the freezing cold with not a lot of weapons around him, now he's got weapons everywhere and he's living in Derek Jeter's mansion. That's that's right. go. We'll see. Um, but it it just doesn't fit. Like, And then yesterday, he, or two days ago, he comes on and says he doesn't care about legacy and stuff. And it, It's strange to have like the greatest player in your like probably in your sport just like – have no qualms about saying, okay, I'm out. I'm going to go do something else. I mean, it's this is like Michael Jordan playing for the Wizards. Like that whole kind of idea, I guess. It's just it's just weird to think about I mean, it. Good for him, bro. I hope he has a Carson Palmer-esque resurgence. And like, because like, I mean, not resurgence because he was good with the Patriots. But like with the Pats, he's always like win. Just win. Like doesn't really, like the individual stats. I hope he goes and just puts up like, like 5,400 yards and, like, 50 touchdowns. Like, I hope he just goes and, like, has, like, a Peyton Manning just, like, just absolutely airs it out, like, every game, all game, to God what it happens. So that's what I want to see. He's got crazy weapons down there in Tampa. That I, th- I think that makes sense for him going down there. Mike yeah. Evans and Chris Godwin is probably the best wide receiver duo in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, about been, that. Yeah. You have two quality receiving tight ends in Cameron Brayton and O.J. Howard. Um, running back is – they have some, I guess. I, I think Ronald Jones actually he he looks good. I like, good Rojo, I like Rojo. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think but he's man. actually gonna. I think he's gonna have a good year this year. And you have Bruce Arians, man. Bruce Arians is one of the best. Like, if I were a quarterback, I want to play for Andy Reid, obviously, and then I want to play for Bruce Arians. Those are my two, dude. Like those coaches, they build up quarterbacks and they have some fun offenses. Yeah. Um, just a question to pose to you guys here. I know obviously this is the biggest news of free agency and is the biggest player to switch teams maybe ever, but how like how do you think the Buccaneers will be next year? Are they actual Super Bowl contenders or are they just kind of going to be a publicity stunt? Not publicity stunt, but more of, you know, just like the Browns kind of were last year where they signed the big-name free agents, trade for Odell, and then fizzle out in the regular season. How do you see that playing out for them in 2020 if there is a season? I hate that I have to say that. If there is a season, man, you, uh, dude, it's crazy that we have to qual- make that qualifier. But Hey, no cap. Keeping that positive energy, there's going to be a season, and the Patriots are going to start 8-0, and then, I mean, the – didn't even mean to do that to you, Finn. The Buccaneers are going to start 8-0 yeah, and then turn out. Jared said it for the future. Um, yeah. I guess to answer my own question, I think they're going to be good, not great. I think you're looking at a wild card team with Tampa Bay. 10-6, 11-5. Don't win the division over the Saints. 
That's I think I think I think you're looking at the five seed for Tampa Bay. That's my prediction. Maybe Dude, I think I think you got two extremes. I think they are either going to be like like eleven and five, twelve and four kind of team, like somewhere between eleven and five and thirteen and three, or they're going to be between like four and seven wins. I don't think there's a lot in between on this because here's what I think it comes down to. They were a six win team last year. I think they were better than six wins. I agree with that. Either Tom Brady's washed or Tom Brady's not washed. If Tom Brady's not washed, I think they're going to play some great games with the Saints and compete for a Super Bowl, compete for conference championship. If Tom Brady looks like he did in that Eagles game we went to, me and Finn went to last year, and Sean. Not good. <laughs> no, Sean, you couldn't go, right? I think you couldn't go to that game. No. But, uh, whatever. I was, I was visiting the Big Hamptons, uh, upstate New York. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But if he like if he can't if his arms going and it's like a Peyton Manning scenario where like we're just like oh like when Peyton Manning was washed and still playing for the Broncos and they're still really good that's because their defense Tom Brady's not gonna have a great defense here in Tampa so it's he's gonna either carry this team or not carry but he's gonna do a lot for this team or they're gonna be bad so we'll see. I think they're gonna be good. I think Tom. I think Tom Brady's got at least one more good year left in him. I think that we're gonna see some unbelievable games between the Bucks and the Saints, and I think that they will either win the division or come very, very close within the last two weeks. Yeah, Colin, I'm with you here. It's either going to be Brady's got something left and he is a man on a mission, or it's going to be like the uh, the Michael Jordan Wizards retirement tour. Uh, one of the two. Uh, we'll see uh, which one shakes out. Yeah, and then, so I think that. Obviously, Tom Brady to Tampa is incredibly – it's crazy, and we have no idea how it's going to turn out. What do we think about the void that Brady leaves in the New England quarterback spot? Because I think that's also incredibly interesting. Like, how is this di- – is this dynasty? Like, are we going like, to – are the Bills going to win the win the AFC North next year? Like, what's going on? See, my, my whole thing with this would be if you look at the rosters on paper right now, yeah, you're looking at Buffalo as probably the best team – in the AFC East. However, I'm going to go for I'll believe it when I see it until Bill Belichick proves cuz I mean they didn't win the division that year, but he went 10 and 6 with Matt Castle. Yeah. Until Castle you see yeah, he did get paid. Until you <laughs> see the evidence that somebody can take down Bill Belichick and of course you see a million rumors throughout the football world every year, but the rumor in the Patriots camp is that they really really like Jarrett Stidham and they think that he is a potential franchise quarterback. And I read an article that made me believe in him a lot, and I'm not ready to get crushed. But is it, the, is it the Bleacher Report one? Or it was no? the Bleacher Report article, yeah. yeah. But I think they could – I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I think that the rebound may be quicker than many people expect if Stidham is what they think he is. But you need a lot of offensive weapons, and you need to replace everything they lost on defense. So I'm not expecting a playoff run from this team this year and the Tom Brady era dynasty, like those Patriots that are going to go win games like what they did with Brady is over. It's going to be a different style of team. It's going to be back before Finn was born when the Patriots were the laughing stock of the Northeast. Oh, that's, ex- that's, that's extreme. However, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence? However, that's the thing. I Bill Belichick's going to pull some rabbit out of his hat and not, I don't think this year, but next year they're going to be back and he is going to be angry. Maybe he'll start talking in press conferences. Some radical things will happen. 
Um, but <laughs> I I just can't doubt him at this point. I have no reason to. It's for 20 years, he's been a machine. And could this throw him off a little bit? Because you can't, I mean, I guess they could sign Cam Newton, but you can't really do anything outside of that. I don't think they're um, going to do that, yeah. So I think he's I mean, going to draft someone, but... Yeah, I think he's going to tear it down, have a terrible year, and then take Trevor Lawrence and just kill the rest of the NFL. Yeah, I, I like Stidham coming out of college, actually. I think he's a good quarterback. And I, I'm excited to – hope. I hope he does get a shot this year because I would be excited to see how that would pan out. So you guys do not think the Patriots will be drafting a quarterback in this year's draft high? I do so not. I, I think next week will be our, our mock draft special. I, I don't think the Patriots draft a quarterback high this year. I think they may draft one late. Uh, keep an eye on Anthony Gordon out of Washington State. He's my pick there. But Interesting. I – yeah, that's that's my opinion. I don't I don't think a lot of people say Jordan Love. A lot of people have this fear that they trade up for Justin Herbert. I don't think Bill Belichick, with all of the holes left through free agency on this defense, I don't think he trades up for a quarterback. What about the the tra- the the um the Patriots trade like the farm to move up to three for Tua? That's stupid. No. <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> I love Tua. I love Tua, but that is so stupid. Because in and down here in Detroit, they the Patriots are talked about as one of the teams that may be willing to trade up for three. Hell no, no! You guys are going to cut a deal with uh, the Chargers or Miami. One of those two is going to trade up to your spot, and you're going to get Okuda at five or six, and I would be pretty happy with that if I were you. Oh, dude! If I get Okuda at five or six, we will be. I, I'll be incredibly happy. Yeah. I'm still hoping that someone trades up to two That'd and be we get sick. That'd be sick. That would be if ideal. Somebody traded up to two. That'd be perfect that, for you guys. That would be ideal, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I, I honestly, what I want to see, what I really want to see, is Brady, or no, is Belichick grab Jalen Hurts and just like turn him into an NFL quarterback and just like that would be win. so cool. Just because, like, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts honestly will succeed. Unless he's given a great coaching staff and a good sporting cast and a coach that can like mold him a little bit, but I really want to see him succeed. Like I love the guy; he's awesome, and I would love to see him like just go straight from Alabama to New England, and just win. That would just be perfect. But we'll see, we'll see. So are we just going through notable free agency moves. Here's that Sean has some kind of story. Uh, oh, okay. Sean does. Uh, Sean has a little story here. To distract Finn. Uh, and get everyone back to nice, nice happy state before heading the rest of the uh, the free agency slate. Uh, so I'm going to take you all the way back to fall 2013. Uh, we're all freshmen in high school. I believe it's like end of October, beginning of November, like middle of football season. And for the first time, I'm like, all right, I'll go to the like the physical fitness center, the, the PFC they call it, the gym at school. And uh, Shaman's gym has a policy where if you're an alum, you can come in for life, like anytime, free membership. Uh, so there's a, like, always a lot of like random guys in there, people that aren't students. So here I am, I walk into the gym, uh, first time ever with like one of my buddies, like obviously have no clue what I'm doing, like trying to figure things out, not embarrassing myself in front of all these people. Uh, so I go over like doing, I think I was doing like some like curls or something uh, with 15s and there's an 130 pound dumbbell on the floor. And I'm like, who? The, I, I elbow one of my friends. I'm like, who the hell would ever touch that thing? That thing is enormous. Like it was like the size of like all the weights in the entire gym. 
and this big burly dude wearing a Packers shirt comes walking over and just picks it up like it's nothing and starts like overhead like pressing and like doing all this ridiculous shoulder work uh and i'm like holy cow like this guy just like literally is like doing these crazy exercises and i'm looking I'm like this is like packers and i look on the wall and there's an autographed greg van rotten jersey and i'm like oh um i think that's probably him uh and this was right after he'd been cut uh, back in 2013 for the packers and he worked his way back uh four years out of the league i believe uh, and then signed with Carolina in 2017, had three pretty good years, and now got a three-year deal with those hometown Jets. Uh, so feel-good story there um, for Long Island kid. Went to my high school now playing for the Jets. Uh, but I just still remember that day being just, like, flabbergasted in awe of this, like, dude who looked like a mountain coming over and picking up this enormous weight. And I'm like, this isn't normal, right? Like, this is some, like, weightlifter dude or football player and, Sure enough, it was. That's crazy, dude. Six foot three, three hundred and eight pounds. That's a big dude. That's very, a large very man. Big dude. That's a and large like man. Like not even that tall, dude. Just thick. Like just a ridiculously like width wise human being and muscular wise. That's At crazy. that point in time, it may have been like two point seven five Sean's to one Greg Van Rotten. <laughs> <laughs> You know, very big dude, uh, nice guy. Good to see him get a deal. Uh, but anyway, so moving on, uh, I guess we'll do best move, worst move. Here's how we outlined it. Um, depends how you frame it. I guess we'll start with the, like the biggest news: uh, the DeAndre Hopkins deal. Yeah, what what is this? Bill O'Brien, the the famed head coach GM combo of the Houston Texans, traded Jadavian Clowney last year for a third round pick and a backup edge rusher who hasn't done much traded multiple first round picks to get Larry Matunzel who's a decent player but then he trades DeAndre Hopkins and I think it was a fourth round pick for David Johnson's bad contract and a second round pick Arizona just made out like bandits here it's insane I don't know what he's doing if, if this seems like the GM, it's like Collins Cowboys Madden League and Colin turned on like force trades. Like, it just doesn't seem right. Um, and Bill O'Brien, like, he's not Bill Belichick. You can't just make like wild moves and have everyone believe that they're good. Um, Bill Belichick's never made a crazy move like that. No, nothing, I'm just saying nothing that, nearly like, as crazy. No, but I'm saying like not, not to like argue. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what Bill O'Brien is doing and who's in charge down there because that was a ridiculous. that was so stupid, dude. I can't even believe that. Let's talk about it from the positive perspective here. From Arizona's, you get who is possibly the top wide receiver in the NFL, easily a top three wide receiver, to pair with your young quarterback Kyler Murray and some other weapons down there like Christian Kirk, possibly draft a tackle in this year's draft to shore up the offensive line. You're looking at a good team down there in Arizona in a couple yeah, of years. Scary, dude. That team was even scary this year, I think. I think they were like not bad in this in the last year and with Kyler Murray getting another year and them getting more weapons and I don't know, dude. I could put it this way. One of my bold predictions this year is gonna be that the Cardinals finish with a better record than the Seahawks. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I think they're a dangerous team, dude. They're like Especially with DeAndre Hopkins and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, like this is gonna be this is gonna be insane. This is gonna be an insane team. I can't believe that 
<laughs> like they traded like hopefully I hope David Johnson has something left in the tank and he's not like with a geriatric that we saw last last year. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he good was, player when fully. He's a really good player when fully healthy. But like, I don't even know if he's ever gonna be fully healthy again. Though is the thing. Like he would be running last year, and it was like, oh my, is that like a fullback? Is that just like, yeah, is that like, is that like a tight end? Is that like, is that Peyton Manning like, coming out of retirement <laughs> running on the like running a toss? Like that was it was it was horrible, dude. Yeah, you, I remember you showed me that one clip, and I'm like, that does not look like the same dude that was an animal yeah. from 2015 through 2017 yeah. down in Arizona. Um, and then you get a second rounder, so you can it's a deep receiver class. <laughs> Put this way, dude. I'm taking Kenyon Drake in the end of the first round, beginning of the second round of fantasy drafts he's this year. He's gonna be good. He's, he's gonna, gonna be, be a beast at the end of last year, dude. He's and he's like now he's the workhorse. He's got that whole backfield to himself, pretty much. Besides Edmonds. Chase Evans, is a good player. Yeah. Chase Evans is a good player, but Kenyon Drake clearly had the handle on that backfield towards the end of the year. We've mentioned way too many running backs here. I just need to pipe in and say that uh, Patrick Laird is going to have a breakout year next year. Patrick Laird, baby. The intern. The intern, Patrick Laird. So, dude, uh, there was a guy in my study abroad program who goes to Cal, and he actually knew Patrick Laird. Like, they, Patrick Laird came to his fraternity sometimes and stuff. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the connection lives on. I love it. Injuries may be later canceled, but Patrick Laird takes no days off. No days off. He's not. No. All right, um, I'm going to get one more of my favorite moves in here. Uh, was the Baltimore Ravens stealing Calais Campbell from the Jaguars, who are going full tank mode, which you kind of got to respect it at this point. They've traded almost everybody on their team. Uh, only a fifth-round pick in exchange for Calais Campbell, who still has, I no. think, plenty in the tank will shore up the interior of that Baltimore defensive line, be a leader for the younger guys on that defense. I think that's one of the more underrated moves because it happened early in the offseason, and he's not necessarily the flashiest player in the world. I think that was a great move for Baltimore, and I hate it as a Browns fan. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. That was that was crazy. Like I don't understand how – Clay's Campbell should never be traded for that pick. I don't care if he's 40. He, like – Chance of a fifth round pick being like a starter for you, or like it's like two percent or one percent. Clay's Campbell is one of the premier edge rushers in the NFL, dude. He's a monster. Like, I, that was crazy to me. I don't know. <sighs> All right, we already talked enough about DeAndre Hopkins. I had that written as my worst move and my best move for both sides of that there. Um, do you guys have any other picks for some free agency, either signings or trades this offseason that would be your worst move? Uh, uh, so my best move, actually. I went for my best oh, move. Oh, I'm sorry. I, think, I skipped yeah. past you. I think that was um, – I actually think that was the Titans getting locking up Tannehill because they got him. They locked him up. A guy that I think is an above-average NFL quarterback. I, I, I believe that Tannehill – because it could also be like you only saw what we only saw one season of Tannehill being the way he was, but dude, just in like Tannehill this year in the statistics, like that he was he was a top five NFL quarterback when he was playing this year. Like he when he played, he did not make mistakes. He made plays. Like he was a monster this year. And you lock him up for twenty nine, twenty eight million a year. That's a steal. That's a because st- you guys right now for top end quarterbacks you're paying forty two million a year. Even if you can get average quarterback production from Tannehill, 
paying him, and this sounds crazy, paying him $28 million is like about on par. Like Dak's going to get 40, 45, 40. Like it's going to be crazy. And you're locking up Tannehill, a guy who just took you to the, the conference championship for 28 and a half. Like that's, I think that was a great move. I'm just going to go after the Bears here. Uh, <laughs> fold move and signing Jimmy Graham. Oh, the forgot about Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Like if this was 2016, I think this would be awesome. Uh, but it's not. Um, Jimmy Graham's past his days uh, of being a product, like a very, very good uh, top of the line tight end. And uh, I just don't have confidence in Nick Foles at all. And I'll toss one more in there. Uh, I like that the Bills got Stephon Diggs, but they gave up a lot. Um, a first rounder, a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder, and a fourth rounder. I don't care what you're getting. Um, if one of those picks happens to hit, uh, you end up losing that trade. I can yeah. see that. It, it was definitely uh, a lot to give up for Stephon Diggs. I actually like that move quite a bit for Buffalo. Josh Allen's going to need all the help that he can get. You need to capitalize on his potential while he's on his rookie contract. They smell blood in the water with Tom Brady leaving New England. Go out and get your young quarterback a number one wide receiver. Mid, I like that mid to late first round pick, three lower round picks. I think that's a fair price. And I like, I think value a price for a number one wide receiver. Yeah, I yeah. definitely I see it was a lot. It's a lot this year, dude, because there's so many good receivers this year. Yes, which, that is, like, that's true. But some of the picks were 2021, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right. My, I, my other worst move was Nick Foles to Chicago, which for a fourth rounder to get competition with Trubisky, like, why? I, I actually like that move because I think that, I mean, I don't even think there's competition. I think Nick Foles is your immediate starter. Mitch Trubisky is awful. He's an oh, awful I, quarterback. I don't think Nick Foles is very good. I don't think he's very good I either. Just I don't think average. he's good. I think he's like slightly below average, which is better than the worst quarterback in the league. I you give him a, a fourth win. rounder, which is a decent asset for a guy. Yeah. You're giving your. I mean, Trubisky has not been good. We all know this. He's had uh, moments, can, though, where it's like maybe you can mold him. I think you got to give him one more chance and not give no, up a fourth-round pick for an aging vet. This is also because I just don't think Nick Foles is very good. I think they should have signed Cam. Yeah, Cam would have been better. Be. That would have been a way better move. Or even but it is, though, dude. I mean, you give up a fourth-rounder and you improve at court. Because, like, Nick Foles, as much as, like, I don't believe that he's, like, that good of a quarterback, I think he's going to be, like – He's not going to actively hurt you, which is really what the Bears need. The Bears have a great defense. They have weapons. They just need to not be damaged by their quarterback, which is what Mitchell Trubisky was doing on an active basis, especially when you have a guy like Matt Nagy, who I think is a really good coach, and I think he will maximize Nick Foles' talent, whatever that is. He'll maximize the ability of Nick Foles. I, I think this – put it this way. I'm a Lions fan, and I was angry when I heard this. I was not happy because I think it makes the division better. I think there are – it's going to be – that FC North is going to be brutal next year, man, especially if Nick Foles – like, what if Nick Foles puts together a season like he had in Philly where he throws 38 touchdowns and, like, two interceptions? We're – I'll believe that when I see it. I don't – I yeah. think he's far removed from those days. Uh, he did win a Super Bowl, man. I just don't think he's very good. Moving on. Not good at football. Not, not good at football. Um, 
we already kind of talked about all these teams from my, my teams trending up, teams trending down pace. If you have any guys that you want to highlight, I have one, but I'll, I'll let you guys get in there first. Any team in particular that you think had a really good offseason or a really bad offseason? I'd say just being in the AFC East, I'm not really sure how much of an impact Tom Brady leaving actually has on the Patriots. Um, but just like the symbolism like of having like a chance to actually – win the division and win some games and not lose two games a year to the Patriots. It, like, is it going to help the Jets or the Dolphins? No. Will it help Buffalo? Absolutely. Um, but just like the symbolism of an era ending there, I think is huge. Um, and then teams trending down, I think we already mentioned uh, a handful of them, uh, including the Panthers. And just quickly before we move on from our uh, best move, worst move, uh, do we think Cam is going to sign anywhere, or is he just going to be the, uh, the Instagram workout guy for a little bit? Cam is going to wait until after the draft and whichever – because there's going to be a team that needs a quarterback, whether it be uh, Los Angeles, Miami. I think they're going to draft one. But one of the teams at the top that could draft a quarterback, one of them is not going to, and he's going to sign there. I think that's a good – That's a good. I think that's very plausible. I think that's very – Makes yeah, a lot of sense. I'm not expecting him to sign or Jameis to sign anywhere until after the draft. Clowney's the one big domino that hasn't fallen yet that I really yeah. don't understand why he hasn't signed anywhere yet. I know it's mostly money concerns, but he's still getting offers in the ballpark, I think, of $18 million a year. Cleveland is one of the teams interested in him, which is... I don't know, though. If you're, But if you're him and you just saw... If you just saw... DeForest Buckner get twenty one million a year, and you're seeing like Trey Flowers get a lot of money. Like, uh, you're gonna want twenty plus a year if you're Jaden Clowney. And then the teams they're gonna see health concerns. You know, like it's, I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, quick note about the Panthers: every single player on their defense is gone. Luke Keekley retired. <laughs> they lost James Bradbury. That was crazy, they dude. Lost a couple other people. Um, and they are going to be very bad, in my opinion. Oh, Next dude, they're going to be awful. They're going to be really bad. Um, rapid fire grades time. We're going to sure. throw out some names, some contract numbers. Want to hear a letter grade <laughs> from you guys here. Uh, first one, richest contract of the offseason, Byron Jones leaving Dallas to Miami for five years, $82.5 million. A. Hey, that's high for that much money. I reasoning. I think that you need if you're Miami, dude. You're building. Like I was gonna give it a B, but then I was like, I don't see like Byron Jones is a, he's a star. He's a superstar at cornerback. Like he is like a top ten cornerback. Absolutely, he's gonna he's a lockdown guy. He's a, like he's gonna be perfect for that that defense over there. I think that and I think that you have them. They have the money. They're gonna give you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Spend man, you, you he's a building block. I like that they got a building block. I think that you need a true number one corner to succeed in the NFL. You see, Colin, I was going the same route as you, but like if it wasn't football and the length of a five year deal, um, I just don't think he's going to be productive over the entire length of that contract. Could he be really good the next like three years when Miami's not great? Yes, but I just don't think like the timing here is right. Um, for that reason. I'll give it a B. It's a solid move because he's a good player, but I just don't think it fits with where your organization is at this point. That's fair. I'm in between you two guys here. I'm going B plus. 
Um, leaning more towards the Collins side, but not on the gray necessarily. I think this, he is a building block for that defense. Him and Xavier Howard is a dynamic cornerback duo. Again, smelling blood in the water with Tom Brady leaving New England. But also, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of years. I still think he's a really good player, though. I'm going B+. Second one here, Teddy Bridgewater getting a starting quarterback opportunity in Carolina for three years, $63 million. Um, B. I like it sounds like a lot of money, but for a quarterback, it's actually not a lot of money. Like, I'm pretty sure. What does Nick Foles get? What was Nick Foles getting in Jacksonville? Like, four years, 88 million. So, like, yeah, he's right in that neighborhood. And I think that Bridgewater is better than Foles. I, I think that if you're the Panthers, I, I mean, but here's the thing Bridgewater's not going to make you not really, really bad. I think they're going to be really, really bad. So, hopefully, he's like good you can get the ball to dj Moore and curtis samuel but like i, I think that it's a good it's a good play i don't know because he could be a good quarterback for he could be like a slightly above average quarterback for you if he pans out you know i don't yeah, know i'll go i'll go b plus here um good to see teddy bridgewater get a full-time opportunity after balling out last year and having uh, some unfortunate injuries earlier in his career but like colin mentioned like there's a ceiling here and i just don't think the panthers are that good um, they do need a quarterback, so I'll go B plus. I'm going to go B minus here. Again, for all the reasons here, I like the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is getting an opportunity, but we still don't really know if he can play. Yeah, he had those few games last year in New Orleans where he got the start. I don't know how much of a sample size that is. They're definitely entering a rebuild three-year contract. I'm not sold entirely, but I still think it's an overall positive move for the organization, so I'm going to go B minus. Uh, Philip Rivers to Indianapolis. This will be a weird uniform look for him. One year, $25 million. What are we thinking, guys? Gracious to Pete is what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't get this one. Um, like, obviously, Indianapolis lost Andrew Luck uh, last year with didn't go great with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, but, I mean – I don't know. Philip Rivers last year just managed to find ways to lose games in Los Angeles with a like a fairly decent offense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll go see. Like, it's okay. Like, maybe you'll catch lightning in a bottle, but odds are this is just going to be a waste of money. Oh, deep breath. We know it's going to be good here. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I think I'm also – I'm going to go, like, B-. minus. Like, it's not – I don't know. I, I don't think Rivers is going to – I think the chances of Rivers being significantly better than Brissett is not that high. Like, I don't think – I don't know. I understand they're, what they're trying to do. They're trying to win now. They have a good offensive line. If Rivers is going to succeed anywhere, it's going to be here. But I don't know. I just don't – I think he might be done, unfortunately. So I'm going – B minus because I guess like if you're trying to win now, he's like the best win now quarterback if you miss out on Tom Brady. But I I just don't think he's I don't think he's got it. But I understand I understand why you have to try. So I'm gonna go in like C plus B minus, like eighty. He's got eighty percent for that. I'm gonna go much more positive on here. I really like this move for Indianapolis. I'm gonna give it an A minus. Yes, we saw last year. Philip Rivers, yes, he may be found ways to lose, but I think part of that is the Chargers' internal organization just always finding ways to lose, not putting enough offensive line talent around him, and the defense kind of imploding. So the, the reason that I like this move, especially to Indianapolis so much, is 
Yes, Jacoby Brissett, he had a decent year last year, but Phillip Rivers is an entirely different style of quarterback. Phillip Rivers just loves throwing the deep ball up in the air, seeing what's going to happen. They have one of the best deep threats in the NFL in T.Y. Hilton. Their offense is and their defense are both built to win now. They have a lot of young and veteran talent on both sides of the ball. Why not take a one-year flyer on Phillip Rivers to see if he's got anything left in the tank? If he doesn't, no cuts lost. Get him rid of, get rid of him at the end of the year and draft your quarterback next year. I like this move a minus for me. That's good. That's good. yeah. That's fair. Now, Sean, did you write to Rod to the Chargers? Uh, I did. Um, he was there last year. I know, but since Phil Rivers <laughs> left, like, oh kind of felt, oh oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, like I kind of he was there, but he wasn't there. Um, I think they drafted so, a rookie. Yeah, it's not. I, was I don't think. I don't think the rookie starts though. I think Tyrod starts. Yeah, so I think that I don't know this trend towards the the mobile quarterback with uh, like a strong, like accurate enough arm. Could Tyrod Taylor like actually do something with the Chargers' offense? We saw last year like they're pretty good. They just managed to like lose a lot of games that they shouldn't have lost. Um, and maybe just they want to see a change. Uh, maybe Philip Rivers wasn't the guy. And he can take off. Uh, as Finn noted, he was there, but he wasn't playing. Uh, so <laughs> is now he's now he's back. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Maybe the Chargers can make a run with a younger, at more athletic quarterback. The thing I have a if this was like four or five years ago with Tyrod Taylor, I agree with that. But he's older, and the last playing time that he really got, I mean, I'm. Grateful for what he did when he was in Cleveland. He, yes, he also played in Cleveland. That's another quarterback for you. I watched him play two and a half games. He ain't it. Okay, <laughs> at least in Cleveland, he was we, not can't, it. we can't blame him for the ineptitude of Hugh Jackson. <sighs> That's true, but like, I, Hugh could. I think Hugh could make literally any talent for making anyone bad. That's true. I guess. I don't. Like, I just watched him miss throws consistently. Like Baker made the throws at least. He just he really didn't. The only, he had one good throw that I can remember all year, and it was an overthrow too. Whatever. I hope I wish him the best of success. I still like the guy, but I don't know if he is a viable starting quarterback in twenty twenty. We'll see, dude. I so I if I hope that they give Tyrod a shot because I think that Tyrod's a much better fit for the offense right now. I think that especially with you know Anthony Lynn. There's kind of a connection there with like the last time Tyrod was good, which is in Buffalo, and when they led the league in rushing, and Tyrod was fantastic for them in Buffalo. Like people forget that when Tyrod left Buffalo, they were about at the same level of team they are now. Like, and they just drafted a quarterback in the first round, high in the first round. I think that really what you need is you need a guy who's going to get the ball to the playmakers. I think Tyrod's going to do that better than Phillip Rivers. So I, I do hope they give him a shot. You know, I, I want to see that. All right. That that sounds fair enough. Uh, moving on here, go a little bit quicker, maybe just a letter grade and a quick sentence after that for the last four that we have here. First one is Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. This is weird. D minus. I'm going to be boss because they're just not – um, I don't know. They need something over there. Just C like, minus. You already have Lindsey and Freeman. The running back was not your problem. The running you back had a was lot not of problem. problem. And the running back was not it. I think Melvin Gordon's a, a better player, at least than Royce Freeman. 
So like, yeah, but like, for an upgrade, but like, I guess I don't, I, I think, I don't know. He's, you already didn't have like enough carries for Phil Lindsay. And now you're like, I don't know. Gordon's like fine. He's good. He's a good player, especially if he comes back and he's not like, he actually plays in the off season. But yeah, Fair yeah, enough. I don't like it. <laughs> like it just like they didn't. They don't need to spend money at running back of all positions. Literally, that's the last position they should spend money at. Yeah, I so. agree. Todd Gurley to Atlanta, one year, six million dollars. B plus. I'll I'll go an A just because it's six million dollars and you get Todd Gurley. Yeah, you get him. You get Todd Gurley in a one-year deal for six million. Like that's. I think he's better than Dodge Freeman, and I think it's a good it's a good deal. Easy A, not even yeah. a question for me. Todd Gurley take a one year flyer on him, see if he has anything left in the tank. If he doesn't, you can turn to some of your other running backs. No worries there. I think this is a fantastic move for Atlanta. Uh, the Stefan Diggs trade we touched on it briefly. I think both teams made out pretty well with this. Minnesota got the picks for the frustrated receiver that they had. Stephon Diggs goes to Buffalo where they needed the number one wide receiver. I'm feeling. A minus is a piece. I don't. I don't know. Buffalo. Buffalo might get a B for me. Um, just just because I think this receiver class is so deep. Like I don't. I, I guess Diggs is already a proven star. You know, I, I'll go B plus for the Bills. A for the Vikings. Uh, I'm just gonna give the. I don't think the Vikings should have gotten rid of them, so I'll give them a B. But at the same time, I think Buffalo always gets a B. Do you get a good player? Yes, but it's at a high cost when you had a lot of other options on the table. All right, and then the last one's another trade here. DeForest Buckner going from the NFC champion 49ers to Indianapolis, where he signed a very big contract after that. But just talking about the trade. Uh, Which trade? DeForest Buckner. Buckner, Yeah. Just talking about the trade, not talking about the extension? Yeah. I mean... I'll break the silence here. I'm going yeah, A you go. both here. This was a fantastic move for both teams. Indianapolis entered their win-now mode with signing Phillip Rivers and such. DeForest Buckner shores up the interior of that defensive line. He's one of the best interior players in the league. And if you're like, wow, that's such a high price to pay, the player they were probably going to draft was Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina, who is a similar player as a rookie. Why not get the proven guy already? Don't have to wait for Kinlaw to develop. On the flip side here, 49ers can draft Kinlaw. They don't have to re-sign Buckner because they're not going to be able to re-sign everybody on their defense. So why not get a younger, cheaper replacement in Javon Kinlaw? Or they can just draft a receiver like Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb or even Henry Ruggs if they fall. I love this move for both teams. Yeah, that's the part that I was sort of hung up on here. Um, the 49ers perspective, Indianapolis, thing, great move, uh, getting a very, very proven, uh, good defensive player. Uh, you framing it that way, it sounds great, Finn, um, that uh, like they can take a younger guy who they don't have to pay for longer because obviously they're stacked on the defensive line. Uh, but there's some sort of risk there, but – yeah, it's a good move. I'll give a, I'll give an A minus to the Niners and an A to the Indianapolis Colts. I see. Okay, I am going to give the 49ers an A and the Colts a like a like a B minus. I Buckner. First of all, okay, you get your first round pick. 
which in this draft I think is huge because they were assumed before this to be thinking about maybe a wide receiver, right? They were getting mocked a lot of wide receivers. I think the receivers in this class are so good, and the receivers in this class, like receivers in general, are just more valuable than interior defensive linemen, especially if you're paying them as much as you immediately extend them to as much as Aaron Donald's getting paid. Like, I don't know, just the value of the pick versus the player. Like, people, DeForest Barter is a good player, don't be wrong, but he's not like, he's not Donald, right? Like, he's not like a crazy pass rusher. Right? He gets a lot of, he, he's got a lot of sacks in his career, but a lot of it has been unblocked. He's played on a great a team with a lot of great edge rushers, too. I don't know. I just, I think they way would have been better to stand pat with the pick, considering what kind of player you would have gotten with the pick and like what the kind of potential you have with the player with the pick and the positional value of the force button and how much you're paying him. I don't know. That sounds all reasonable to me. Um, we've been talking for over an hour. Good job guys. Um, so I guess our dysfunctional team commentary for this week is going to be a recap of our own team's free agency. I'm going to start by talking about my Cleveland Browns. And uh, for the second year in a row, we're winning the offseason. And now I'm terrified this year. Last year, I was more excited. This year, I'm like, ah, oh, God, I don't want to go through what I went through last regular season again. I'm scarred for life from that. But you look at what they've done this offseason, and it is just filling holes on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the biggest need here was tackle. They go out and they get the premier tackle in free agency, Jack Conklin from Tennessee. Sign him for three years. Getting a tight end for Kevin Stefanski's new tight ends, a two tight end system with Austin Hooper, who had a good year last year. You might say the stats were inflated. I agree with you, but I still think he's a good fit for this offense. You sign a proven backup quarterback in Keenum. The sleeper signing out of all of this, I actually have two. They've made a ton of one year signings, one year proven deals for guys like Carl Joseph, uh, BJ Goodson, Kevin Johnson to shore up the defense. But the two here that I'm circling, besides the main Hooper and Conklin signings, our defensive tackle, Andrew Billings, who is a very underrated player playing for some bad Cincinnati teams the past few years. I think he's going to be a starter, and he's going to be very good, or at least at the minimum, a rotational pass rusher and run stuffer on the interior of the defensive line. And also, the fullback is back, baby. I'm excited about it. Andy Janovich coming over from Denver to trade. He's going to run that Minnesota-style offense that Kevin Stefanski employs, and I'm really excited about it. On losing players, losing Joe Schober to Jacksonville definitely hurts, but it was a lot of money to pay for a linebacker that really doesn't do much besides, I guess, play zone coverage well and occasionally good run defense. And uh, Greg, the infamous Greg Robinson, who I have roasted on this show several times, is gone not only from the Cleveland Browns, but probably the NFL forever for getting arrested for having 157 pounds of weed in his car. Goodbye, Greg. You will not be missed by the Cleveland Browns. That's all I got. Um, good analysis there, Finn. Yeah, once again, the Browns are ready for takeoff, but is the Rocket going to make it to outer space? We'll see. Uh, the Giants showed up the defense a uh, pretty decent amount, uh, signing uh, Brad Bear from Carolina, re-signing uh, or tagging Williams, uh, picking up Frackerel and Martinez from the Packers. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to be good still. Uh, they signed Algic Ro- they re-signed Algic Rosas, uh, great kicker, 
Uh, even better name when Aldrich is lining up the field goal and then it's Rosas. Three. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the Giants did okay. Um, they signed Colt McCoy too. Uh, so when you hear that story oh, about his grandpa. Another former Browns quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Giants get a B plus. I mean, they didn't do anything great. They didn't do anything bad. They're going to win five to seven games and pick high in the draft. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Uh, the Lions did things, which I like. <laughs> they needed to do things. Now, I, I, and I'm maybe sound like sounding like I'm going to go into like a tangent about how I hate it, but I actually relatively enjoyed this offseason. I think it was a good offseason um, because you need to win. The Lions need to win or we need to start over again, unfortunately. Like, we need... The Lions... It's unfortunate that at a time in our franchise when we should be able to win, we have a really brutal division. But, like, we we still need... The Lions need to be competing for that division this year. So, you address your worst position in linebacker with Jamie Collins, who I think is a great player. He's been great whenever he's been in a with the paths he's coming to Patricia knows how to use Jamie Collins, right? Like he's Jamie Collins and Matt Patricia are not strangers. So that's the big move, right? Obviously that's, and I think that was a good move, which kind of skews his free agency because I wasn't expecting them to do it. And their linebackers were, I, I was already so sad because their linebackers are absolutely atrocious, but good, good deal for Collins. You can get out of it after two years, He's a great coverage linebacker. Good. The next big deal, in my opinion, the second biggest deal is you get trade Darius Slay and you sign Desmond Trufant. Obviously, it's a downgrade, right? Like, you're getting rid of Darius Slay. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league because he was mad. Him and Matrosha were mad at each other. I don't think Patricia handled that situation the right way. You can't. There are guys all over the league who are tougher to deal with. He's your best cornerback. He is a stud in the league. You got to keep that man if you can, especially considering the Eagles ended up signing over a pretty reasonable extension. That being said, you get a third and a fifth for him. Maybe you can pick up someone valuable with that third round pick. And you sign Desmond Trufant, who has been a good corner. He's a great. I think he's a very good corner, and he's going to be a fine for your number one. He'll be. He'll be as long as you can get something. You got to get something out of your number two. If you're not dra- either, you draft the Cuda, or you really bank on some Amani or Warrior progression. But that's like, I don't know. You sign, I don't know, Finn. You know how to say that Vitai. You sign Vitai to the five year forty five. Vitai, that guy. Yeah, I can't say his first name. Big V. I don't know. I would be able to, yes. Now. This looks like a lot of people saw this deal and they were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Five years, $45 million for an offensive tackle who has two career starts, right? Four, four, I'm sorry, that's not true. He has four starts in the past two seasons. That being said, he had four starts in the last two seasons, not because he's bad, but because he's playing behind Lane Johnson and Jason Peters. Two, like He's playing behind the best tackle, two of the best tackles in the league. He's a good run blocker. He's youngish he's got potential i actually don't mind this deal as much as i thought i would especially because it's pretty 
you can get out of this deal after a couple seasons. It's only five point four million next year, but he can't be worse than Rick Wagner. <laughs> like Rick Wagner was horrific, especially for the money you're paying him. So it's it's it can't be worse than that than Rick Wagner. Sign Danny Shelton, good, cheap, replacement for Damon Harrison. And then my favorite deal was getting Deron Harmon from the Patriots. Because Deron Harmon is a free safety, he's a safety that's going to pair perfectly with Tracy Walker. The Lions love to use two, three safety, like three safeties in the field at a time. And Deron Harmon is he's a ball hawk, man. I love him. He's going to be, we, and we need that after we let go of Quandre Diggs. So, all in all, I do actually like this offseason from the Lions. I think they're going I think they get like a B plus. And hopefully Jamie Collins can lead that defense. We can see the borderline playoff team the Lions looked like when Stafford was healthy. And we some of these additions can put us over the top. We'll see. That's all I got. All right, well, that has been Dysfunctional Team Commentary, brought to you by uh, the Nova Cafe Mediterranean Grill. Yes. Uh, the See, this is the off season. This is the best part for dysfunctional team commentary. This is when you build up hope. Exactly. It's it's the cycle, man. It's I build up hope in the off season, and uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes in the season. But right now, I'm I'm optimistic as I always am in the off season, which is scary. Never lost. <laughs> Moving on to our final three segments here. Bulletin board material starting it off. Does anybody want – does anybody have a quote that they want to shed some light on here? I, I don't have a quote, but I put in the uh, the virtual draft here because I thought it fit. Oh, that's going to be great. wait until something goes <laughs> wrong. Where I'm sure you guys have had it in your Zoom classes. Even we saw it with Collins like one time where he cut out and rapid talking here. Something is going to go horribly wrong with the NFL draft, whether someone misses a pick, picks the wrong person, can't talk to somebody, and – I just can't wait for the quotes. Uh, it's going to be very, very entertaining. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for it either. I fully agree with that. Um, Colin, you got one? Uh, yes. Well, not really a quote. <laughs> uh, it's more of a tweet. Todd Gurley was being hilarious after he got caught from the, from the Rams. Um, he's talking about getting fired on his day off. <laughs> and he uh when von miller like posted his like april fool's day thing or whatever oh i saw this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Todd said, i was planning on doing this too because miller pretended to get cut but todd Gurley couldn't pretend to get cut because he actually got cut i don't know todd, todd Gurley was being funny that's that's my quotes yes. if you haven't seen his tweets you should go check them out absolutely I got a couple quick ones here for you guys. The first one, this is going to be a guessing game for you guys. Who said this? It's been a great five seasons as a blank. That's the team name. All love and respect. I love Insert City here, and I look forward to seeing y'all again in February, meaning I am going to the Super Bowl. Who said this? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. All this shot to go to the Super Bowl. And I absolutely love it. He is not currently on a team. I just absolutely love it. The second one here comes from CJ2K, famed former running back of the Tennessee Titans. Out of the blue, nobody asked him. He just went on Twitter and said, just thinking to myself, how did I pick going to the Jets over the Baltimore Ravens in 2014? 
three hand slaps face emoji. What a bad decision. Why are you tweeting about this six years in the future about your wrong career? That's just a really weird thing for me. And fun fact, because this was a few days ago when he tweeted that, when I was looking up Chris Johnson on Twitter, he's apparently being accused for being in a murder-for-hire plot right now. That broke today. Really? He he said that it was false news on Twitter. He tweeted out false news, so we'll take that for what you will. But I just thought it was interesting. And by far and away, my favorite one without – oh, no, I lost it. What happened? No, I got to get it quickly. Um, My favorite quote of the past couple months that's been getting me through quarantine. I keep – every time I see it on my feed, I just bust out laughing because it's amazing. At the NFL Combine, back in February, a reporter there sent out this tweet. They're out of Diet Pepsi in the media room, and people are loud mad. The catering staff said more would come at 11.45, and this dude stormed off saying, that doesn't help me now. He had his own big gulp to peak NFL media scene. That is incredible. A man that needs Diet Pepsi so much that... (laughs) When more would come at 11.45, he storms off and says, that doesn't help me now. Yeah, so Absolutely. Hilarious. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. And now we are on to top five, top five, top five. And I don't know if we're all going to have the same top five here, but my suggested category for this week is the top five things that we are doing to fill the void that sports left in our lives. Does anybody have a list for us? I guess I could kick us off here. Um, I teed Colin up on this one uh, before Finn entered the uh, the Zencaster room. Uh, the five things that I've been doing, uh, rin- literally rinse and repeat uh, for the past month or so. Uh, it's been well, wake up, sleep, eat. Those, so those don't count. But uh, I've been doing two days lifting. I've been doing a body weight thing during the day and lifting at night. Uh, and this is a really funny one. Uh, I found on my sister's bookshelf this, like, it's called Zep. It's like a sports, like, speed tracker thing, and you can use it for golf. Uh, so it tells you, like, your swing plane, how fast you're swinging, the quality of your swing, all these different stats that you can break down. You can watch videos on it. Uh, so I've been launching golf balls into a net uh, by the hundreds by the day, uh, shooting hoops, playing against my invisible self, and uh, come pretty good at, good at cornhole. Uh, an underrated skill for all you tailgaters out there. There you go, dude. That that's a key skill to have, honestly. That's a good top five. There may have been only four, but still top five. Hey, yeah, I'm, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna call it a top five. It's the name of the segment. All right, I'm gonna go here. The top five things that I'm doing to fill the void that sports left. Coming in at number five is looking outside longingly, knowing that I can't go outside as I normally used to. I went to just go out and get takeout yesterday. And I purposely picked a place that's kind of far from where I live just so I could be outside for a little bit longer. That's the point I'm at here. Number four, NFL Red Zone is running reruns. And for the past few days, I've just been turning it on, doing whatever else I'm doing. Yesterday, I took a nap while Red Zone was going on. It was absolutely beautiful to watch Scott Hansen play every touchdown from every game from like week two of last year. It was awesome. Coming in at number three, Barstool Sports' Big Cat. I don't know Spiral if you either of you – You know, yes, Spiral Ham. I love the Cat Cave Derby. He has this old game that my dad actually said he had one of these when he was a kid, which is funny. But it's an electric horse racing track 
and it is like on the surface like the dumbest game in the world but he makes it so entertaining because he's also filling the void that sports left there is spiral ham the worst horse ever i am a part of spiral ham nation by the way i'm a spiral ham fan fan there's also Frederico, Carmela's Dream, and the greatest horse, Kenny, who won four in a row a couple days ago. Um, that is every day been getting me through it. Number two, the Tiger King documentary. I don't know if either of you guys have seen it. It is absolutely wild. Joe Exotic, Carol, Doc Antle, everybody involved with that show. I won't spoil it because I don't think my dad's finished it yet, and he's probably going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> I've held is, off this far, Finn. My dad's also watching it, so I think. How is it? It's un. Every episode gets crazier. It's absolutely insane. Sean, you have to watch it. You might have to maybe hit only ninety nine golf balls one day or something <laughs> like that. It's it is well worth your time. It's only seven episodes. Tiger King, Murder Mayhem, and Madness. I cannot recommend it enough. The hype about it is real. People are not underselling it on Twitter. I know it's everywhere online. It is well worth your time. It's insane. I've never watched a crazier show. And coming in at number one is the return of my middle school and early high school days with Madden franchise and Madden Ultimate Team. I have been playing so much Madden. My Ultimate Team is getting there. I'm building a Browns theme team. We're making progress. But the main thing here is my connected franchise with my friends back home. Year one with the Cleveland Browns, we went 15-1. and one. We did a fantasy draft. Dak Prescott's my quarterback. Got some good receivers like Julio Jones and DK Metcalf. But coming into year two, we are on fire. I lost in the conference championship last year by three points. I'm still kind of mad about it. <laughs> coming into this year, I'm 10-0 currently. I picked up oh, yeah. two stellar rookies, Isaiah Simmons and Jerry Judy are on my team. We are rolling through the league right now, and I'm really excited about it. And, yeah, that's what I've been doing to fill the void that sports left. Colin, how about you? So see, I haven't been doing as much as either of you because I've also been playing just a, just a disgusting amount of Madden. Um, I went on Reddit and found random people and joined two franchise leagues that both have only users. There's no CPU teams. There's 32 people. I like have my on my Facebook Messenger and people are asking if they can put their kids to bed before we play in Madden. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colin, sort of, sort of related to this, uh, when I was in the third grade, I joined a fantasy baseball league on ESPN, a random one, and uh, became email buddies with this random guy. Uh, I believe his name is Steve, and Steve, same thing. Steve, I like asked Steve for trades and said his son didn't think it was a good idea, and his son was like my age at this point. Um, nice. But anyway, continue. So Shout out Steve. Uh, Shout out Steve. Yeah, but, but I realized that the game actually, like, if for those listeners who don't know that what like about Madden, you haven't played it in a while or something, the game Madden 19 was like the worst football game I've ever played in my life, and it made me sad. And Madden 20 is slightly better. It's, it's like it's like there are just a lot of pretty severe flaws with the game. So I've decided and the the theme this year is that offense is very. Like the only way you play offense is by running, and either your your offense is really bad or you're, you're running a lot and you can't stop the run. So I realized that I didn't want to be one of those guys who ran like the only like the one like overpowered running back play all the time. So I made Taysom Hill my quarterback, 
and like just I just run read option, triple option. I've just been perfecting such a niche part of Madden that like doesn't I've like do, I've never I don't see people use like ever unless they have Lamar Jackson. And that's kind of been my entire life, dude. I've been just grinding in practice mode, running read options, and then like having a beer while I do it. And that's kind of been like my life, dude. I've been, and then I'm also growing a really, really disgusting beard. Me too. Yep. Dude, the, my problem awful. oh dude. Mine is bad. terrible. <laughs> dude, my problem is that like I wore so I played hockey like my whole life and I have like we and football, but I look for like part of my life and he had a, we had like a chin strap and the chin strap like i think it was mostly the hockey but it rubbed like all like the whatever like, the hair growth so i just have like a big like bald patch right under my chin, <laughs> um, oh, my chin strap. so with the quarantine beard uh, i've i did some dude, maintenance uh, online yesterday so I feel a little I bit better about myself. But since I got back from abroad. It's, it's slightly better, but it's also my hair is really long, so it's it's not a good look. I look like a yeah, castaway. Dude. I am disgusting. I'm a disgusting human being. <laughs> and trying to not crave pizza constantly. Because I have the urge to just order Domino's all the time. I don't want to do it. I can't get I can't can't do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're, we're all we're all thriving in uh, in our stay at home mandates from our respective states. And our final segment of the day, I switched little Weedles to the end because I figured that without football and game picks, we need to go out in a bang here. I only have one this week, and my little Weedle of the week goes to the people that take coronavirus seriously in all of the wrong ways. Sure. With the masks. The, the masks. Your character. <laughs> Specifically, the toilet paper people. I won't get into that. That's just a ridiculous thing. But well, this man. tweet here. 1.1 million likes. It says, choose your fighter. And I will tweet this out. I'll retweet it on the Sports Talk Therapy at STT underscore Villanova. Follow us over there. I will retweet this here. It says, choose your fighter. There are four pictures. The first one is a person protecting themselves from the coronavirus by wearing what appears to be a um, one of those bags in the grocery store that you put over, like, produce. Like, you know, you get, like, a fresh thing of broccoli at the grocery store, and you put it in one of those bags that they have right next to the side. There is a woman wearing one of those on her face and in a cart with about a ton of water, which is just, that's another thing there. But that's the first one. The second one... A person, instead of wearing a normal mask, is wearing a triangular birthday party hat, which is amazing. The third one is a person who is wearing what appears to be a hefty trash bag as a coat and, like, a packets of soil, like the wrapping around one of those, like, big bags of soil that you get at Home Depot. Like, that's wrapped around their pants. And a paper bag, like, you know, when, like... The Lions and the Browns went 0-16. You've got one of those bags on your head with the holes in it for the eyes. That's the hat. And that's the mask. And number four is by far and away my favorite one. A guy took out like one of those like massive four-gallon jugs of water, cut a hole in it, and put his head in it. And he looks ridiculous. Those are my little weedles of the week. 
choose yes, your fighter coronavirus mask edition. It's amazing. Those made those made me laugh very hard uh, when I clicked on and started clicking through. Even some of the responses on that thread with like other. There's some good ones. The, the lady wearing one of those like mattress things. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the, the like the comforter cover. Yeah. Yeah, that that's great. what it was. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna give myself a little weedle here. Um, to stay entertained, uh, I've, in my basement, I've got a rather large collection uh, of like carnival stuffed animals. And like, as you guys know, I like to play basketball and I like to shoot. And I was really, really good at like the, the all those hoop games where you get the giant stuffed animal. So I've got a collection of probably like something like I don't know, eight to 12, like ridiculously large stuffed animals acquired throughout the years. And in my basement, I've got a, I've got a bench press, some like random like free weights, uh, some like old stuff from my neighbor, uh, and I've set up the stuffed animals around the basement in the gym, and like sort of like gym stereotypes. Uh, so I've got a couple of my friends there. Uh, like one of my friends, I made a Spider-Man monkey. Another one, I made a bulldog. Uh, we we made this guy uh, who always like comes as a load everyone and daps everyone up. We made him a Hershey bar. Uh, so I've got fictitious characters in my gym in the basement because it's getting kind of lonely. <laughs> I respect that. That's a good move. you got to keep saying in these times. Oh, yes. I definitely respect that. Let's hear it, Colin. Colin? My little weedos of the week are Dak Prescott and Des Bryant. Interesting. Um, I don't come know. on, guys. You can't be can't be going around putting a bunch of like stuff on social media and defying your stay at home restrictions. Like, come on, bro. Like, like let's just like get get let's go. Like, just do what you're supposed to do, man. Stay in your house. Come on. Like, I understand that you want to go. You want to go play football, bro. But like, can't be can't be running like huge workouts and being like right next to each other and not. Not social distancing. When I have so, if I have social distance, you have social distance, all right, Dak Prescott. If Colin Finn has to social distance. Des Bryant better be doing it too. God damn it! You're right, dude. Like that's so like ah, dude. Like <laughs> God, I love you, Dak. But like, come on, man. Like, get this shit together. Like, I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to see us anymore. And then, I don't know. Just like, I had to delete Twitter, man. All the people on Twitter that made me delete Twitter because you're just posting ridiculous things. It's your fault. Stop that. This is this is not a time for me to have to quote. This is when I need Twitter. All right? I don't have to delete it because I need to see your ridiculous takes on the coronavirus constantly. Those are my little weedles of the week. All right. All the, all the people. All the people are little weedles. I believe that is all the time that we have for on the initial quarantine edition show of Sports Talk Therapy. Normally, we would play us out here with the first day outro. I don't want to risk it because I think if I play it from my laptop, it's going to mess a lot of the audio up. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to figure that out for the next time that we record. And we will see after that. Oh, there it is. Yeah. This is the thing I was worried about, my voice echoing. Yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't, I, I don't think I, I don't think I can I can get up for the outro today, boys, but yeah. we'll, we will get that sorted out cuz it's a key part of the show. It is a key part of the show. It, it is great to be is. back. 
Thank you to everybody for listening. This has been Sports Talk Therapy. My name is Finn McCartan, and I am growing a disgusting beard, and I am alongside. I'm Colin Finn. I'm also growing a disgusting beard. And I'm Sean Lady, and I just can't go face her anyway, so I'll just say (laughs) I am too. uh, We need to do a thing where we're like, I'm Colin. Hi, Colin. I have a problem with growing disgusting beards during quarantine. Uh, We're like AA or something like that. And it's, yeah. But for terrible beards. Pretty much, dude. Next yeah. week. No, so now here's the thing. I want to clarify. Next week, are we doing our mock draft special? Yes, we are. With predict the pick? Predict the pick. Predict the pick scores for all of us? Correct. That is exactly what this is going right. to be. We'll have to set some kind of winner reward for this. I don't know what that will be. We'll figure it uh, out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yep. Thank you, guys. See you later. See you. Have a good week.